So I think I think we got to start with the elephant in the room here, Tyler, which is you're one of the only guys to beat Lamar Jackson. I mean, <laughs> 2014 high school playoff game. Lamar knows that it's all love. Like, I've been watching him forever. And, um, just seeing him make so many plays, it's crazy that I'm going to be actually on the team with him. Back in the day when, when I was coming up, I used to watch RG3 tape all the time. I thought it was so cool how he came back from injuries in college and then ended up still going first round. And I grew up watching him now. I'm going to be in the same room as him. Do you get a sense of how eager Hollywood is? Yeah, he, he, he's going to go crazy this year. I knew the, the small Hollywood, like he was smaller, but now he get way bigger. You can see his body just positioning into a great receiver. So uh, I, I expect him to do big things this year. Welcome into the lounge. Hope everybody had a good weekend. And to all our mothers out there, happy Mother's Day. Hope you had a good day. Uh, Garrett, did you, did you do anything special for your mom? Uh, well, I sent her a gift, and then we did a Zoom call uh, in the morning with, uh, with me and my two brothers, which was a nice way to try to celebrate Mother's Day. They're back in Ohio. My parents are. So that's about all that we could do is, nice. is do that. But it was, it was nice. What about you? Yes, I I celebrated with my wife, mother of two. Made I made a slamming breakfast. I'm telling you, G. I make some good pancakes, but this time I upped my game with it. Breakfast bananas, burrito. huh? Oh, 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 oh. Oh no, no, say- no. Bananas. That's that's typical. You got some that's old standard. bananas. That's standard throat, operating yeah, procedure. That's just that's a Tuesday. This was this was <laughs> eggs with some bacon crumbled up in it with mm-hmm. cheese on a tortilla and then what else was in there mushrooms sauteed in there oh i'm telling you Mwah. You, you know mother's day is not about bragging what you do about what you do <laughs> but i but i do got to take a bow on this one <laughs> it was that good huh oh it was a good breakfast but anyway fantastic mother so the, the real point here is that my wife's a fantastic mother and my mom's yeah. a fantastic mother because obviously she made me clearly <laughs> that's her only fault that's her only fault you know you can't you can't blame parents for their kids failures you know we'll, we won't hold that against your mom <laughs> anyway to all to all of our mom listeners out there i really hope you had a good day uh and and we today are joined by another uh undrafted rookie free agent tyler huntley quarterback uh who faced off against Garrett kind of teased it on Thursday, but he faced off against Lamar right. Jackson in high school in Florida. So we're going to ask him about that. Before we do that, though, we want to make sure that this season, you know, when you trade up to Ram trucks, you're getting power, luxury, and technology like you never imagined. You don't become the back-to-back motor train truck of the year for nothing. And with the Ram 1500, you can get a lot of everything. Rear leg room, a reconfigurable center console. It's all available now, plus a lot more storage. Trade up to the Ram 3500 and get 410 standard horsepower and a gas engine. Go to Ram.com to find your local Ram dealer and hurry in for great deals on Ram trucks, the back-to-back Motor Trend Truck of the Year. So with that said, let's go ahead and welcome in Tyler Huntley to the lounge. Well, we're thrilled to be joined by new Ravens quarterback Tyler Huntley. Uh, you know what? I just said to Tyler before we started this that this is the best ever because now we have two quarterbacks from Broward County. So it, it doesn't get any better than this. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> so I think I think we got to start with the elephant in the room here, Tyler, which is you're one of you're one of the only guys to beat Lamar Jackson. I mean, let's let's just start right there. We you go into 2014 high school playoff game against against our guy Lamar Jackson. You beat him 38-36 to capture the 6A district title. So so you come into Baltimore with some bragging rights, right? <laughs> Tyler, what do you remember about that game? Uh, I remember Lamar just doing his thing, just uh, running up the scoreboard. So in order for us to win the game, we had to just keep going back and forth with him. Um, it came down to a game-winning field goal. He had scored the job before to, to take the lead. So uh, I drove the ball down, uh, got to around around the 30-yard line, and I, I kick it. So so he kicked, he kicked the field game winning field goal and so it was it came down to, to the wire. Now we all we all know Lamar hates losing. So what was he like after that game? Uh, he good people. He, he uh, both of us was undefeated and uh, it was for the district champ. So he 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 uh, just came congratulated all of us. Uh, he was great sportsmanship, but uh, I already know it, it it was a tough little loss because it came down to the last little moments. Well, the fun part is that immediately after you signed, Lamar Jackson tweeted welcome and said you owe me from that game in high school. He said he didn't forget. So, so I guess what do you owe Lamar Jackson? Like, how do you how do you pay him back for that, Tyler? Um, uh, I think he probably said just just represent. Uh, I I saw the side of Florida. Uh, just come in working and trying to be trying to just set the example for the young kids that's coming out of our area. Nice, nice. So I mean, what what uh what does it mean to you to join the Ravens? Why did you why did you pick the Ravens? Was it an obvious choice for you? Did you have other teams interested? Just can you take us through your decision to come to Baltimore? Uh, it, uh first of all, it, uh Ravens they got a great little system uh offers a scheme that, that fits my skill set and um I felt like this could be a starting point of uh just going where a place that really like kinda fits what what I how I could play football and then uh what else made made it the decision easier is Hollywood. Hollywood I grew up with Hollywood so uh he he just used to tell me like uh, uh how great the team is and everything like that so he made the decision pretty much easy on me. So one thing I've learned about guys from some from South Florida, Hollywood and Lamar is that you guys obviously have a lot of pride in it and that it's a very tight knit community. Like did, was Hollywood someone that you knew closely growing up? Yeah, we played we played for the same Optimus Park growing up uh little league so yeah, I have known him since since we was little kids. And and were you close with Lamar at all as kids? Uh, uh, it grew. It grew over football wise, going into high school and stuff. We going to the same camps and uh, playing against each other. So that pretty much made our our uh, our, our friendship grow. Was uh, when you were growing up, was Lamar a bit of like a local legend when you would play him in youth football games? For sure. He he. he whenever he's on the field, you know when Lamar Jackson is on the field. He just making plays, throwing the ball, and and everybody just look up to him. How, how great he just uh, dominated every aspect of football. 
It, so, is that why it made? Did that make it even sweeter when you beat him in the playoffs? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was really sweet. That, that was, we had we had won the playoff game. That's what that's what was really sweet. And both of us was undefeated. That's what that's what made it even crazier that two undefeated teams uh, go at it in the playoffs. And it, 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 it was a big game. I'm pretty sure when we did the podcast, Ryan, with Hollywood, he said that, and, and you might have been in this in on the same team, Tyler. Hollywood, I think, picked off Lamar in youth football. Oh no, no, no! I wasn't on that team. I was on a, uh, a, a level under Hollywood. I was younger, so I played a, a pound under him. Gotcha. So, so you were Tyler. You were the 2015 Florida Gatorade Player of the Year, which I just had to go back. I was just like, wait a second. Did, was Lamar playing that year too, or no? So Lamar, that was Lamar gone to Louisville at that time, but he did not win it in 2014. That went to Carl Anthony Towns, apparently. Yeah. Who Who else was in that mix with you? Ooh, it, it, it was a lot of it's a lot of great names out there. Uh, I I don't know how I came across that I won it, but I I had a, I had a pretty good senior year, so it, it's so much great talent down there in Florida that. It, uh, it's, it's, it's hard to just uh, take just bits and pieces of Florida without, like, considering everyone in there because uh, it's, 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 it's football-wise, we take it very serious. There's a lot of names. I wouldn't be able to name them. Now, now, what – I mean, you were one of the most productive quarterbacks in the country over your three years at Utah. Did you did you feel like you were going to get drafted? Or how did you feel? Uh. Yeah, I felt like I should have got drafted, but um, things happened, and uh, the coronavirus really played an effect on this draft class. Most of us couldn't get our medical because we didn't go to, uh, like, the combine or things like the senior bowl and stuff. I wasn't fortunate enough to do any of those things, so not not being able to do a pro day in front of coaches, that really, like, uh, hindered, uh, like, our draft stock and everything, so... It was, it, it's, it's, it's gone now, uh, and I feel like the Ravens, me choosing the Ravens is the best best the way to go about it because I'm actually picking a team that I want to go to and uh, just building from there. So I feel like I'm in a great situation, and uh, it, it's going to be it's going to play out all in the end. Yeah, can you talk a little bit about that situation? I mean, obviously the Ravens have their starter, uh, you know, and then they have RG3, you know, who's an established veteran backup. They have Trace McSorley, who they drafted last year. Can you just talk about how you kind of envision your your chances of making the team and how you intend to do that? Uh, first, I'm going to just go in by just, just trying to better myself, to uh, put myself in a position to be a, a, a great NFL quarterback. First, I'm going to just start by learning from the veterans like RG3 and, and like Trace McSorley, you feel me? I'm, I'm a, I would try to learn from them just coming in and then and then maybe it leads to me going to another team or anything like that, just, just setting myself up to be able to to make any team that I'm I'm trying to play for. So uh just really trying to get my feet wet right now and uh just get to work right now. Is that pretty exciting for you as a young player to know that you're coming into a quarterback room? that has obviously Lamar, RG3, those are two Heisman Trophy winners. Just to be in that room kind of surrounded by guys who have reached that level of success? 
Definitely, because um, back in the day when, when I was coming up, I used to watch RG3 tape all the time. Uh, just, just I thought it was so cool how he came back from injuries in college and then ended up still going first round and everything like that, running a 4-3 and 40 and stuff like that. So I thought it was so cool as uh, that I'm, I grew up watching him. Now I'm going to be in the same room as him. And Lamar know that it's all love. Like, I've been watching him forever. And um, just seeing him make so many plays, it's crazy that I'm going to be actually on the team with him and stuff like that. So it's, it's going to be a great experience for me. What was it like last year when you were uh, at Utah watching Lamar and the plays he was making in the NFL last year? It was crazy how, like, how much numbers he, he put up because that's, that's, it, you don't see that much in the NFL where somebody, the Ravens just go out there and dominate somebody every week. You, know, you don't see that all the time. So I thought it was so cool that, that me knowing him and he just going out there and balling. What, do you think that Lamar's style of play kind of helps you in, in your quest to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. It's not like, you know, you didn't put up kind of the running numbers that Lamar did in college, um, specifically last year. But, I mean, your style of play, like you talked about, is is somewhat comparable. Yeah, uh, we got a couple of things that we, we do a little similar. But uh, definitely he, his, his style of play definitely gave me a chance to be even considered the uh, – to be – considered uh, NFL quarterback or in the sense of me getting that chance. Uh, I think it, it's great that Lamar did what he did. And, and talk a little bit about your maturation as a passer. I mean, last year, your senior year, you, you played the whole season. You, you were injury-free, which was a great thing. And that you throw for over 3,000 yards, throw 19 touchdowns to just four picks with a quarterback rating of 177.6. That's off the chain. That's ridiculous. Just talk about how you've improved as a passer over your career. Uh, I just I just really started uh, locking in and uh, just taking every play as, as, as one instead of trying to take the game as a whole. Going into my senior year, I really focused on taking play by play. And um, I just, just try to – stay focused and um, just stay in my playbook. That's what really made uh, the difference in, in my sophomore going to junior year and my junior year going to senior year. I, I improved every year just trying to better myself as a quarterback and, and it really played off later on. So I, I know a bunch of guys are down in Florida now. Before everyone was in this lockdown period, were you, did you link up at all during the training process with guys like Hollywood? Or I know Jerry Judy's down there. Did you connect with any of those guys, uh, you know, before everyone went into lockdown for some off-season training to get ready for this time? Uh, uh, I think Judy was out in Texas working out for the combine and stuff like that, and I was down in Florida and stuff. So uh, I came across a, a, a couple of receivers that I know from back then, but uh, this off-season we wasn't able to pretty much connect because – we always focusing on a lot of different things right now because I was training on the draft process while Hollywood is training for what he's doing. So it's, it's two different little uh, training processes. So we didn't pretty much uh, cross paths this this offseason. 
Do you get a sense of how eager Hollywood is to uh, really ball out this year? Like, we got a little glimpse of it last year, but he was coming back from the foot injury, so he was never 100%. But I get the feeling that he's going to really go off this year. Yeah, he, he, he's going to go crazy this year because uh, I can see it already. I, I knew the, the small Hollywood, like, he, he was smaller, but now he's, he's, he's getting way bigger, and uh, you can see his body just transitioning into a, a, a great receiver. So, uh I expect him to do big things this year. Can you talk a little bit about the Broward County pride? You know, I mean, Lamar's is just so strong. And and I feel like everybody, kind of like Garrett was alluding to before, everybody from there just talks about it. Like, how much do you carry that that, that badge on your chest of representing Broward County? Uh, it means a lot. That's where we're from. That's where, that's where like, I learned all my – growing up from and um and and like most people from down there don't get the chance the opportunity to, to make it make it out and uh just make it to the levels that we we're, we're a seat into so I feel like that is it's a lot on our shoulders and it, it makes it even better when when we set different milestones that our our people never seen before What's what I mean, ball down there must be crazy. Like when you guys are in high school, we got you, Lamar. How, like, what the heck is football like down there? It's nuts. It's very fast. Uh, (laughs) everybody's trying to make a big play, and uh, it's it's a lot of points being scored. All right, tell us some more, (laughs) tell us some more Lamar stories, Tyler. What are some of the what are some of the best ones you got? I don't really want to say this one, but I saw I saw Lamar turn my whole defense in in a three sixty, just making one move and just uh, walking his way in the end zone. So I feel like that's the craziest one. I thought that was so crazy. <laughs> it is funny because like you watch his high school highlights and, and there's different guys who had great high school highlights who can do things like that. The wild thing about it is that he's able to do that at the pro level. Like he did that, you know, he has that spin move against the Bengals. Like those are things that I didn't expect pro players to be able to do. You expect it in high school, but you don't expect it in the pros. Right. Awesome. Well, Tyler, thank you for joining us, man. Uh, we're excited to have you. I'm excited to watch you play. Are you, are, are you, I mean, with this whole COVID thing, I mean, you got to be itching to get on the field at some point ASAP, right? For sure. Well, I can't wait to see you, dude. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. All right, well, really good stuff from Tyler. I I really uh, can't wait to see he and Lamar on the field. Like, come training camp, whenever we get on the field, hey, keep our fingers crossed, maybe beforehand, probably not, but be- maybe beforehand. Uh, but anyway, whenever we're on the field, it'll be fun to see those guys and the dynamic there, and uh, I'm sure they'll have some fun with it. You know, Tyler obviously understands the situation that in terms of making a team here, like the odds are the numbers are stacked against him, but I think he's an exciting player and he's got a great backstory and it's going to be, I agree with you that it'll be fun to see him on the field. And, and for a guy like him, when you get into the preseason games, like they get a lot of runtime during those preseason games. Like how many, how many players have we seen? Uh, who was it several years ago? He had the, uh, Josh, uh, why can't I think of his name? Um, Josh Woodrum, Josh Woodrum, yes, yes, oh, yeah. yes, Josh Woodrum. He How was like you the forget? I know. I was right there. I could picture him. He wore number seven. I just can't remember his last name. Uh, but but 
like Josh Woodrum, everyone was fired up about him a few years ago. And, and I could see Tyler Huntley lighting up some defenses in the fourth quarter preseason games this year. That would not shock me at all. No, yeah, that would be really fun. And who, you never know with quarterbacks, man. They impress they impress some people. You never know who could trade for them. Or, you know, quarterbacks are a valuable commodity. So I think the fact that this guy was rated by PFF, I think it was. Or, or no, wasn't it? He, he like, made, like, an all-conference team ahead of Herbert. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Who, yeah. who, I mean, like Justin Herbert, who's a six who was drafted, pick, right? Yeah, exactly. And so, I mean, yeah. that says something about the what coaches and media members and everybody thought about the way that you play the game. It's pretty impressive. So, yeah. uh, who knows? I, I, I'll be rooting for him. But um, you know, moving on to an, another subject here, one thing that I have been thinking about over the weekend that we kind of screwed up on our schedule pod. Two things actually, because you know we're not usually we don't limit it to one screw up per pod. Generally, a couple. <laughs> um, yeah, two, as many as possible. That, yeah, two things that we forgot to mention. One being the very light travel that the Ravens do, mm-hmm. um, which is pretty incredible. The stats on this. I mean, yeah. Here, let me pull it up here. Yeah, well, Trey Wingo. First, they don't leave the Eastern Time Zone after Week Two. Yeah. That Week Two games in Houston. So the Ravens only travel. This is from Trey Wingo. The Ravens only travel sixty three hundred miles a season, the fewest by any NFL team in the past four years. Which is crazy. I mean, we kind of knew that already because we knew who the road opponents were. Yeah. Right. But then the fact that like you don't leave the Eastern Time Zone, the East Coast, really, uh, after Houston in Week Two, is mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. It, well, and and then you also have just a bunch of short trips. You've got, right. you know, you've got Washington, you've got New York, and then obviously the AFC North. None of those are long trips. So add all that together, and it's a very, it's a nice travel. Now, the downside is you do have three away primetime games, which, which that makes travel more challenging when you're getting home at five right. o'clock in the morning four that o'clock takes a little bit of a toll on the body throws you off the internal clock off a little bit right when you get home from pittsburgh on thanksgiving night i guess the, on the on, on black friday at three o'clock in the morning you're not going to be thinking about man this is great travel right now Love yeah this. exactly <laughs> very good point that's a very good point yeah yeah and football players even on those short flights they they, they will not they will not be sleeping football players don't really like flying they're big and as nice as our plane is, a lot of these guys complain about being able to sleep. I think especially after a game, like the adrenaline's flowing. Yeah. Still for yeah. these guys. I feel it on my drive home. I still feel mm-hmm. the adrenaline kind of pumping from a game. So these guys don't sleep on the plane. So it makes it a little tougher. Anyway, second point that we also forgot to mention with the schedule is that, um, hold on, I just forgot it. Great point. Love this point. <laughs> Wait a second. What was the second? Oh. We, the Thanksgiving game that we forgot to mention was the whole Mike Tomlin stepping on the field thing. Oh, we talked about oh, the oh. we talked about the 49ers game from 2011, but we forgot about the yeah, whole yeah. Mike Tomlin Steelers game. I know that wasn't that that that's a, that is still incredible that that happened. <laughs> I know. I still picture it, and it's still so funny. I mean, it's funny because the Ravens obviously won the game, so it's like a good ha ha. You could joke about it. But he definitely tried to chip trip Jacoby Jones as he was running for a touchdown. You know, I won't say that he definitely tried to trip him, 
but he definitely tried to impede his progress. Alter, alter his route. He may not. He didn't necessarily try to trip. Right. Him, he didn't he tried give, to. He didn't do the old, you know, stick the foot out. <laughs> he didn't give one of those. But it was definitely oh the whole like oh I just didn't know where I was on the field. I was looking up the scoreboard. And I lost track of where I was. Was so bogus. Oh my god, that was an all time classic, man. Yeah, and when I remember seeing it live when it happened, and and didn't notice it right away because then Jacoby was kind of going crazy and pointing at the sidelines and pointing at the video board and then when they showed the replay in the stadium on the video board props to our great uh in-house productions team Ravens Productions Mm -hmm. Jay O'Brien and his group uh but that was when they showed that I just remember everyone losing their minds had a great camera angle of it and he clearly stepped on the field and altered his path it was wild well and you remember Mike Tomlin looking up looking up at the replay and cracking a smile yeah, oh. yeah, he was he smirked for sure. He definitely smirked. <laughs> uh, can we can we in like if if we do the the conference calls with coaches before the games, should we just one of us just straight up ask Tomlin? Be like, whatever it is, seven years later, however long it's been, I don't remember <laughs> when that game. Six years later, did you do it? Did you do it, Mike? Did you do it on purpose? Just admit it. Just say it. <laughs> yeah, he won't he won't do that. And and Tomlin during his like media appearances and availability he's serious he doesn't mess around he's all business um so i don't think that doesn't that doesn't preclude us from asking some we can ask questions i'm just saying you're not going to get an answer that's of (laughs) of any value he's not going to pass up all right let's let's get into a couple emails you guys can always email us at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net here's an email uh the interview with kemi cusick about the draft was really good thanks for all your all the daily ravens news my question is how would you rank the following young players in terms of making a major impact this season uh this is from will saunders and will says i think all of them will make the team amon marshall anthony averett jihad ward Jaleel scott justice hill and miles boykin first let me say the competition for the like uh, those spots is going to be tough. Like Jaleel Scott has his work cut out for him. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's got potential and he really played well during the off season program and training camp last year. Obviously didn't, you know, didn't get opportunities during the regular season, but the Ravens have added two new, really good potential receivers in James Prochet and Devin Duvernay. So, uh, I don't know that it's a guarantee that Jaleel Scott's on the 53 man squad. I'll start well, here's the thing. I think Prochet is definitely on the 53 because of his returnability. I mean, yeah, he's, yeah. he's your primary returner as a rookie. Duvernay obviously is going to be on the team uh, as a as a fourth-round pick. Third-round pick, sorry. Um, and a guy who I think is going to be your number three or number four wide receiver. Chris Moore was re-signed because, as Eric DaCosta told PSL holders, he's one of the best free agent. Uh, he was one of the best wide receiver, like, special teams players in the league. Top-notch special teams guy. So I think he's most likely going to be on this team too. So I agree with you. The thing that makes it hard for Jaleel Scott is what's his special teams role, right? If mm-hmm. you're if you're the fifth or sixth wide receiver, you have to be able to play some special teams because yeah. that's the only thing that's even going to get you on the field on game days. So yeah, I I, I think it I think it'll be tough for him. I, you know, I wonder he would have to have a big off season and in in this altered all season i think he's not going to really have much of a chance to do so yeah and the top three are going to be set with hollywood, hollywood. boykin and then sneed right so then Duvernay um, prochet and right Moore and then make chris it Moore. six right 
Yeah. Um, so, all right, so let's move on to the other positions. Amon Marshall, Anthony Avery, uh, both mid-round picks over the past two years. I would guess that both of those guys are on the team, mm-hmm. um, but I don't think it's a 100 percenter. I think that I, I think that they're on the team, but for all the guys that he's really mentioning here, um, it's hard to see. You know, I think those guys are on the team, but I think it's backup roles. He also has Boykin on here. Boykin's on the team. Boykin's one of the most interesting players to me because it's really hard for me to project what his production and output looks like this year. He started most games last year, but didn't put up huge numbers. Uh, was kind of limited in that role. So, like, what is what does the stat line for Boykin look like this year? I think that you're probably looking at. I bet you're looking at about forty-five to fifty catches for five hundred yards, uh, and five touchdowns. I mean, that would be a big increase from last year. He had thirteen well, I mean, for one ninety-eight last year. Well, for sure. I mean, but he's moving into a much bigger role this year. I mean, I think he's Is your he? top. I think so. Yeah. Well, I mean, why do you I, why do you say that Boykin's moving into a bigger role? Eric DaCosta has been pretty upfront about it, that he expects him to take a big year year two leap, that they have mm-hmm. a lot of faith in him. They didn't draft a wide receiver in the first two rounds. I mean, what do we think? Duvernay is going to take his spot? Well, no, no, no I, I, but his role could be what it was last year. You know? Well, but you, you're you're down Seth, Seth Roberts. Right. So, I mean, you're really taking on, I think he pretty absorbs some of that. Seth Roberts put up 21 for 271 last year. Yeah. So even if you combine that with Seth, I, I think I think that that's at, that's Boykin, at like four that's at like 450 450 receiving yeah you're yards, right, right around there 471. Yeah. Yes, you're yeah. 471. So yeah, I think I think that's right around the sweet spot for for Miles Boykin. I mean, maybe I'm a little bullish, but hey, it's off season. You're always bullish. Um. Mm. So yeah, <laughs> I mean. I, I think Duvernay will get some some runtime on offense as well, but Boykin to me is still like your primary starting outside wide receiver opposite of Hollywood. I mean, he's one of your best blocking wide receivers on the roster, and that matters. Yeah, uh, no, and yeah, I think it matters. And, and I think I think more Duvernay might cut into Willie Sneed's production a little bit more in the slot than it will, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, then then I so I think if he cuts back from a little bit of what Willie Sneed has put up, then that enables uh, Miles Boykin to take a big step on the outside. Yeah, I, and Boykin's got talent, and I've said plenty of times on the podcast that Ravens kind of knew last year he was a bit of a project. He came into the NFL as, as a bit of a raw receiver. So well, I mean, he's a he's, rookie. I mean, I don't think like you have to. Nothing was wrong with his rookie season. I mean. No. He had a fine rookie year. He put up more production than I mean, a up, lot of guys. Yeah, I mean, that's Boykin was fine as a rookie. I mean, he had less than 200 receiving yards, so let's not like pretend like it was his, his breakout rookie season. <laughs> um, hey, Tandon Doss, what did Tandon Doss have as a rookie? He had zero. Yeah, I don't. What Dennis yeah, Pitta put up? It, it, what Dennis Pitta put up as a rookie? I don't know that you wanted to make the comparison to Tandon Doss and that and that trajectory. Well, what did Dennis Pitta put up as a rookie? not just gonna go through it yeah i know no no, i thought boykin was fine i thought he was fine but i'm just saying that it 
he is an interesting projection in terms of what he his second season will look like. I agree. Uh, be, because because it's a bit uncertain. Um, and there's they've got these rookie players, Duvernay particularly, who the Ravens have high hopes for. So, um, all right, the last one he mentions is Justice Hill, who I think it's going to be tough for Justice to make a huge impact with the addition of J.K. Dobbins. Um, that the, the Ravens like the idea of the four-headed monster, but there's still only you may have a four-headed monster, but there's still only one football. Um, <laughs> which actually brings us to this next email. Uh, and this email comes to us. Let me find out. Oh, this is from. Let me get the name here. Steve Morgan. Steve Morgan sent a a very lengthy email. I can't read it all. It's like three thousand words of all these different <laughs> things. So I won't read it all. But he has projections for this upcoming season. And as we're talking about Hill and, and the running game, he has Dobbins at 750 yards and Ingram at 900 rushing yards. What do you th- what do you think the backfield breakdown at this point, very early, looks like? Yeah, I don't think that's a bad. I don't think that's bad. Uh, you know, I mean, what's Lamar going to run for? I he has a thousand for Lamar. Yeah. Lamar you know, I, was at twelve hundred last year. Yeah, and he didn't play in the last game. Uh, right. I mean, Lamar says he's not going to run as much this year. I tend to believe him. Uh, I also think at the same time, though, I think there's like still some meat on the bone for Lamar in that like he didn't break a lot of really long just run away from everybody runs, mm-hmm. other than the spin zone in Cincinnati. And I kind of think he's going to do more of those like. There is there are times when he just tripped, and I think if he doesn't trip, he would have gone like sixty, you know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but at, at the same time, I guess I'll go under. I'll, what is this? Is this like August when we do our final predictions or something? No, no, we're not. This isn't the full. This isn't the okay, full. Okay, I'm gonna say like I feel like I'm just kind of really putting my name you're, out there on this, putting the stamp of approval. You're gonna, I, it sounds like you're going to miss again. You're going to say under again and then also, and then miss. I kind of think under again. <laughs> yeah. So you're going to go, you're going to miss on that again, but I, I'm not going to go. I, Lamar's going to go over a thousand rushing yards again, but I do think that the Dobbins Ingram, I'm still going to, at this point, say Ingram over a thousand. Mm. Um, I think that nah. he's right around where he was last year. No. Um, I, I love Ingram, but he's under. I mean, he barely got over a thousand this past year. And Dobbins is going to put up, I think, over. I think Dobbins is going to top five hundred. I don't know about seven hundred, but I think he's going to get over five hundred. Sure, I could see over five hundred. But you know, I think I think that Dobbins could step into what Edwards had last year, which was seven hundred eleven. So well, but Edwards is still going to get some runtime. Well, I, mean, I know Ed, Gus Edwards is the king of the dive, right? That's what Gus does well. He's the king of the dive. You you just have that. that it's tough to get play. to seven hundred yards on the dive, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, he did a lot of that. I mean, how many outside runs did you see for Gus Edwards last year, Someone or the year the prior? Game. Not a lot. <laughs> no, he's not. He's he's not taking too many pitches. Yeah, I'm just I'm just saying, like Gus will still put up some yards on that dive because I I really expect it to be Ingram is the one. And then the two role split between Dobbins and Gus, I think as the season begins, probably shaded towards Gus. And as we go along, it goes more towards Dobbins near the end of the year. Uh, so mm-hmm. I kind of see, I see around 400 to 500 for both of those guys, let's say, as they share the number two role. Right, right. 
So, um, so a little under what Steve was projecting here. So, uh, appreciate appreciate the email from Steve and also Will. Uh, as always, you guys can email us at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. Thank you very much for those emails. Also, if you've been reading the scouting reports, you know that Ram Trucks are the Motor Trend back-to-back truck of the year. The Ram 1500 is the top pick with an available Hemi V8 engine, e-torque hybrid technology, and a 12-inch touchscreen. Plus, it offers a truckload of available features. It's the same with a hardworking Ram 3500 Heavy Duty. For generous cash allowances and great lease offers, go to Ram.com to find your local Ram dealer and take advantage of great deals going on right now at Ram Trucks, the back-to-back Motor Trend Truck of the Year. So we will be back later this week. Um, we will—it's TBD on the guests right now. TBD. We got a few things in motion, mm-hmm. um, so we're working on having a guest, uh, but we won't tease that yet because we don't know exactly who it's going to be. So <laughs> we're going to wait <laughs> on that one. Uh, maybe we get a guest. Maybe you get more of Mink and I. Just gonna, you're going to have to wait and see. Yeah. Uh, but we will have a podcast again later this week. Uh, so send in your emails. We'll have a chance to get to some of those next, uh, later. Uh, again, it's lounge at ravens.nfl.net. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk with you guys soon.